You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Our text this morning is from the New Testament, from Luke chapter 22. It has to do with the institution of the Lord's Supper. And so, let's read together the verses surrounding that as they are very helpful in understanding the words that our Lord Jesus says in our text We'll begin reading at Luke 21, verse 34, and we will end reading at Luke 22, verse 23. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day, the day that the Lord Jesus has been talking about, the day of judgment, will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the earth. Be alert. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Each day Jesus was teaching at the temple and each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives and all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread called the Passover was approaching and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. The hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves, which of them it might be who would do this. Let me just restate our text, their familiar words. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. A question or topic of conversation that... I hear very often, and you probably also hear often too, is the question, 
How do I know that this salvation is for me? How do I know that this salvation, salvation won by Jesus Christ, what He has done, how do I know that's for me? Recently, someone told me about an experience they had while running up a large hill and, and coming to a gate. Uh, they were on vacation, and it was a sort of a gated community or something like that. Anyways, they were going for a run. They were coming back to the gate all tired and sweaty, worn out from a long run, waiting, counting on that gate to open. When suddenly the thought entered their mind, what if it doesn't open? What if it doesn't open for me? What if it doesn't recognize me? What if I don't have the right code or whatever the problem is? I've been running hard, uphill, coming to this gate, counting on it opening. How do I know? What assurance do I have that this gate's going to open? As you can imagine, that's a pretty unnerving experience. Consider how much more unnerving the experience of coming, in a sense, to the gates of heaven. Coming to the entranceway to eternal life. Where you expect eternal happiness and joy. After running the race of life. How do you know the gate's going to open? Where is your assurance that that gate is going to open for you? Now, there are many people, I'm sure, who have an expectation of acceptance into eternal life, of entrance and inclusion there. But how do we know? Our text this afternoon takes place during the institution of the Lord's Supper. That's part of the text that we have before us. As the Lord Jesus Christ is celebrating the Passover with His disciples. Now this was mere hours before He would be arrested, then accused, charged, beaten, publicly humiliated, and crucified. The timing of our text and especially what's going to follow after, is a dark time. In fact, Luke's Gospel, as he is narrating the accounts of the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, has grown increasingly heavy in the chapter before this one as well. In chapter 22, uh, 21, we have the Lord Jesus foretelling the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, speaking of wars and persecution, of the destruction of Jerusalem itself. And he speaks of his own return and of the need to keep yourself sober and prepared for his return. In that chapter, he blends prophecies of, of the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple therein and the, the prophecies of his own coming at the end of the age. And he ends this long discourse with an urgent plea that echoes the runner's gate experience but always be on watch and pray that you may, be able to, you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. How will you stand? Consider what's going on here. 
The Pharisees are trying to kill the Son of God. Satan has entered one of his disciples, Judas. And in a short time, all of the disciples are going to abandon their Lord. At his greatest time of need on this earth, everyone on earth abandoned the Son of God, the Savior of the world. How will you stand? Well, in instituting the Lord's Supper, the Lord Jesus gives to us and His disciples a powerful and appointed assurance of our standing before God, of their acceptance, of our entrance and inclusion into eternal life. The guarantee that the gate will open. Now, in order to understand this assurance of acceptance, you need to understand why we wouldn't be accepted in the first place. What kept the Pharisees from embracing Jesus as their Messiah? Why did Judas sell out his Lord, his rabbi? For what reason did the disciples leave? What separates us from God? Well, the answer, at its most profound level, is sin. God has no part of sin. But we do. And sin is rebellion against God. Sin entices us to throw off God's reign, to turn against Him. We're conceived and born in sin. Sin and sinfulness clings to us like a birthmark. It's part of who we are. And sin manifests itself in rebellion against the sovereign rule of God in selfish, self-glorifying acts rather than Christ-focused and Christ-glorifying acts. And since sin is rebellion, it's capital treason against God, it requires capital punishment from God. It deserves eternal punishment, eternal death. How will you stand? Well, let's look specifically at our text. During the celebration of the Passover, the meal in which the Jews remembered the mighty act of God in, in salvation, of salvation, wherein God saved Israel from their bondage to Egypt, Jesus points His disciples to the greatest act of salvation, wherein God will deliver His people from their greatest bondage, their bondage to sin. Jesus takes that, the elements of the Passover, and says, they no longer point back for you to what God did in Egypt. They now point forward for you to what God will do to you, for you in me. He takes the bread and he says, this is my body, which is given for you. And he takes the cup and he says, this cup that is poured out is for you. For you. My body, Jesus says, broken for you. My blood poured out for you. For you. 
For you who eat the bread and drink the wine. For you who entrust your salvation to the mighty act of salvation wherein Jesus gave up His life in your place. Imagine that you're that runner. Worn out, tired, fatigued. You come to that gate, but then you realize that you have, in yourself, no right to enter. Outside where there is no salvation, that is your natural home. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, I tell you, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. So, brothers and sisters, find your assurance in Him. As you partake of the Lord's Supper, may your faith be lifted up on high in heaven where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. The Christ who gave Himself for you. The One who is the gate. The One who is your assurance. Eat the bread and drink the wine in remembrance of Christ. Believe and find assurance in Him and what He has done that you are accepted, entered, and included into eternal life with God. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.